This is the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are Krista and Zach Horton, your hosts for this podcast, and we are back this week studying in Mormon chapter 7 through 9, um, studying the Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon and the Book of Mormon. There you go. <laughs> good joke. <laughs> well. Um, no, I was telling myself that was a good joke, oh, not you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are, uh, this week is interesting because we get to hear from two of the primary authors in the Book of Mormon. Mormon chapter 7 comes from Mormon himself, and it's the end of his writings, uh, assumedly one of the last things that he wrote. And then uh, Mormon chapter 8, his son Moroni picks up the record of his father, finishes it. Uh, and there's a couple of, of small places where we get to hear from Moroni. And uh, otherwise he quotes others. You know, he tells the story of Ether, or he quotes a lot of sermons from his father. But there's very few places where we get to hear from him. And this is one of those places. And so I, I love these chapters. And I love the, you can really, I don't know, sense the pain that they're feeling, which we're not going to focus on. But these chapters become really kind of sweet and uh, personal as you study them. So lots to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think this week we just have a low and a high, mm -hmm. a high and a low, and mostly just an apology for our the sound on our podcast tonight because I have a little bit of a cold. Anyone else having colds during COVID and feeling like... They need to hide in a hole so in case they cough or happen to sneeze. The first sign of a cold, it's like, it's like I'm sorry. <gasps> oh, no. Or I was talking to someone yesterday, like, I just have allergies. I promise this isn't me having COVID. Um, but yeah, we have been on, I guess this is the low because we have been so healthy. Um, a testament, I guess, to mask wearing and sanitizing and being extra on the washing your hands side of things. But we have really stayed healthy through all of COVID. Um, social distancing and masks really are a thing. But we finally just had a little bit of a cold come through our family. And it is a reminder that being sick is not that fun. So on the upside, though, our high is that um, we have started, we read the series once before when our kids were a little bit younger, but we just started reading again, Harry Potter. Uh, I'm quite famous in our family for my Harry Potter voices, if I do say. It's the one thing that I like to brag about because I'm pretty proud of them. Um, and if you hear thumping sounds on our episode, it's because um, we let our kids play the Lego Harry Potter game that they checked out from the library, and it's really loud downstairs. Lots of, at first we were like, what is that noise? Oh, it's that. So yeah, that's kind of our highs and our lows. Sorry about our colds and the possible thumping and cheering that you might hear from our family. But we're excited to be studying this and excited to get into this week's episode right now. Um, I've said this on episodes before, but um, it struck me a couple of years ago in reading the Book of Mormon that the Book of Mormon is really a book without a happy ending. It's a tragedy. Uh, and at the concluding chapters of this book, which these chapters are. We have a flashback in the book of Ether uh, to the Jaredites, but really this is kind of the winding up of the Book of Mormon. And it ends tragically with the destruction of the hero group of people we've been following since the very beginning. The Nephites 
have our heart and have our attention. And um, in these chapters, those people are destroyed. Uh, Mormon um, captains them as best he can in a losing war against the overwhelming numbers of the Lamanites. And then when he passes away, Moroni writes this. This is Mormon chapter 8. He says, I, Moroni, do finish the record of my father. Behold, I have but a few things to write, which things I had been commanded of my father. He mentions the great and final battle at Cumorah. He says that my father has been killed, and I even remain alone to write the sad tale of the destruction of my people. Uh, a little bit later on, he writes, um, I am alone. My father has been slain in battle, and all my kinsfolk, and I have not friends nor whither to go. And how long the Lord will suffer that I may live, I know not. Behold, 400 years have passed away since the coming of our Lord and Savior. And so you get this really sad sense as you study Mormon chapters uh, 7 through 9. And it doesn't get any better when Moroni starts to describe some of the things he sees in the last days. Um, he describes pride and wickedness and contentions and organizations built up to fight against Christ. And two years ago when we studied this uh, block for our episode, that's kind of what we focused on. And it was kind of a downer. And with everything going on uh, in the world, we felt like we need something <laughs> a little bit more positive. And so it was with that desire that I went back to this block this time, and I noticed this. One of my favorite verses is in Mormon chapter 8, verse 35. He says, Behold, I speak unto you as if you were present, and yet you are not. But behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know your doing. And I've always jumped to the next verse after that, verse 36, where he says, I know you walk in the pride of your hearts, and there are none save a few only who do not lift themselves up into pride. And it's kind of a negative thing that he mentions that he sees. But the verse right before that, he says, Behold, the Lord hath shown unto me great and marvelous things concerning that which must shortly come at that day when these things shall come forth among you. In other words, Mormon or Moroni does spend some time talking about the negatives he sees at the day when this book shall come forth among the people to be read. But he also spends some time focusing on the positive. In fact, one chapter later, in chapter 9, verse 7, he says, Behold, I will show unto you a God of miracles, even the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And it is the same God who created the heavens and the earth and all things that in them are. What we focused on as we studied this time was the God of miracles. Mormon descri Moroni describes this God and the miracles that he has done and that he will do in the last days. And we asked ourselves as we studied with all of this uh, if, if Mormon and Moroni truly saw our day and Moroni talks about these miracles, then we, we asked ourselves, what, what does he describe here? What miracles does he describe? What teachings or truths does he give about miracles that we see in our own day? What miracles are we seeing um, that fit with what Moroni is describing. So that's the study that we had. We invite you to study with us. We'll share a couple of our own thoughts, and of course you'll have your own, but uh, that's our question. 
Well, I think this idea of these miracles, and especially that we're hearing them in these blocks where, like you said, Zach, that are really kind of depressing. Um, but one thing that we've talked a lot about this year, or just that the Book of Mormon has taught us this year, is that God is a living God. This this verse here that talks about, this is in chapter 9, verse 9, um, for we do not read that God is the same yes. For do we not read that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And in Him there is no variableness, neither shadow of changing. Um, Jesus Christ, uh, God in heaven, they are living, they are doing things. They're active. I think it's maybe I'm quoting you, Zach, because I think you keep saying if we talk about that, it's the living Christ. That means He is at work in our lives in the same way. And so I think that's really powerful as we look at miracles and realize that these same miracles are with us today, which actually kind of leads into um, one of the first things that I thought of as I started studying with this question in mind um, was just the miracle of learning about Christ and experiencing him. And that's based on this um, chapter 7, verse 9. It says, For behold... This is written for the intent that ye may believe that, and if ye believe that ye will believe this also, and if ye believe this, ye will know concerning your fathers, and also the marvelous works which were wrought by the power of God among them. I love thinking about um, that we have these words written in scripture. We have these experiences of people interacting with that living God and testifying of Jesus Christ because they have experienced the change through Jesus Christ. And they know that he has power to change and to heal and that we get to experience because of these stories written in the scriptures, we have the same experience to experience them in the same way experience those miracles. That's a lot of times that I just said experience, (laughs) but I'm hoping that, um, I don't know, Zach, hopefully you can clarify. Did I say something? Well, no, you just... You, just clarify for, for everyone. Well, it's it's something that you talk a lot about in the scriptures, that this is a record of God's dealings with his people. And as we see him working with them, it becomes easier to see him working with us. And so... Yeah, and not just saying that, oh, that's really cool that that happened to them, but saying, wow, God did that for that person. I think he's going to be able to do that for me too. Mm-hmm. And so that is what we get to see in in these stories here about miracles. He's explaining about miracles in here so that we can learn and experience those miracles too. Yeah. Um, so the first miracle then you're saying is the miracle of you know, scripture. The miracle of scriptures mm-hmm. and the stories shared and the experiences that people have so openly shared. And I I think that always goes with, not only with the scriptures, but when we write down our own experiences, and I talk about this all the time, but our own experiences and also, you know, family history and sharing our experiences with other people. Well, and that's certainly something that motivates Moroni as he's writing. Um, This is back in chapter eight, after he uh, talks about some of the depressing things he's seeing in his day. Uh, He says, this is verse 14, I am the same who hideth up this record unto the Lord. And then he goes on to describe, this is verse 16, uh, the coming forth of this record. 
Um, Blessed is he that shall bring this thing to light, for it shall be brought out of darkness unto light according to the word of God. Yea, it shall be brought out of the earth, and it shall shine forth out of the darkness and come into the knowledge of the people, and it shall be done by the power of God. In other words, the thing that's motivating Moroni in these winding down days of the Book of Mormon when he's seen his whole people destroyed is that this thing that he's writing is going to be brought to light in a future day where it's going to bless people. And so I, I think that's that might be one of, if not the main thing that's motivating Moroni to keep going and doing what he's doing despite the world that he's living in. Yeah, knowing that he's seeing our day and what we what we will need. Yeah. Well, mine, I, I have to beg a little bit of forgiveness because it's it's a pretty shameless diversion. I did find one verse that loosely connects to it, but really I just want to study another uh, chapter that I had in my personal study today. So to begin, this is Mormon chapter 7, verse 7. And this is Mormon speaking. After he just got done describing um, kind of the final battles that he's been leading his people in and the, the losing state of the Nephite army, he says, I would speak somewhat unto the remnant of this people who are spared, if it so be that God may give unto them my words, that they may know of the things of their fathers. Yea, I speak unto you, you remnant of the house of Israel, and these are the words which I speak. Know ye not that ye are of the house of Israel." And uh, anytime any of us see the word Israel today, we should probably be thinking of President Nelson and all that he's been said, or all that he's been saying about Israel, the most recently in conference, that the definition of Israel is someone that lets God prevail. Another way to phrase that is someone that lets God do miracles in his or her life. Um, I came across this quote today in, in a different study, and I love it. This is uh, Harold B. Lee in 1973. He says, The greatest miracles I see today are not necessarily the healing of sick bodies, but the greatest miracles I see are the healing of sick souls, those who are sick in soul and spirit and are downhearted and distraught on the verge of nervous breakdowns. We are reaching out to all such because they are precious in the sight of the Lord, and we want no one to feel that they are forgotten. One thing I have learned about what it means to be Israel is that when we let God prevail, even though our primary focus might be on the temporal, on our physical health, or on our environment, or on our careers, or um, on our any number of other tangible things in our immediate environment, even though that's our primary focus, it's very rarely the Lord's primary focus. His focus is on the spiritual health. And so it shouldn't surprise us that um, in our day, if Mormons or if Moroni is talking about the great things that he's seeing, I hear students all the time say things like, you know, there's so many great miracles in the Old Testament. How come we don't see great miracles like that today? And I think the answer Moroni would give is the miracles that you're seeing today are even greater than the ones that are recorded here in Scripture because they deal with the spiritual. It's these individual miracles for individual sick souls. And so this is just one small example of that for me. Um, I came across this Scripture in Mark 
um, this week. Well, someone else pointed it out to me. I didn't come across it. Mark is, um, if you go back and listen to any of our episodes on Mark, one of Mark's main focuses in the New Testament is to show Jesus Christ's miracles in such an astonishing rapid fire way that you're almost taken aback by how powerful this Jesus of Nazareth is. But I love this miracle, and I hadn't caught this detail about it until someone pointed out to me. So this is Mark chapter 4, verse 37. You'll remember the miracle. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And I've always loved that, the fact that Jesus can bring peace to our life. What a great miracle. He can calm seas. He can calm lives. What someone pointed out to me is this. Uh, In that account, it says that the ship was full of water, and Jesus was asleep on a pillow. How do you sleep on a pillow when the ship is full of water? I think that this... Uh, miracle is not just that Jesus can do things for, for bring that peace to other people, but that he's filled with it himself. That's why he's so able to dispense peace. Um, and I have experienced that miracle in my own life recently. Um, Jesus being able to calm my troubled heart and help me to sleep might be the wrong word, but be at peace when everything around me seems to be kind of chaotic and crazy. So if I'm thinking of incredible miracles that I'm seeing, it is that God has prevailed at least in one aspect of my life in that he's been able to help me develop a habit um, or a characteristic, I guess, of being peaceful when things are kind of chaotic and crazy. And uh, of all the miracles that have happened in the world, that one's my favorite because it's been made such a difference for me. I still don't think you could sleep with water in the storm around you, Zach. <laughs> you might be a little too picky about your sleeping situations, but I do, I do, I can attest to that of that miracle of of a changed soul. I think I I couldn't help but kind of have the same that same experience, that same thought as I studied and and listened to these because, of course, when you think of miracles, you think of Jesus all of those things that he does in the New Testament that are just beautiful and wonderful and you love. And it makes me want to have another year in the New Testament again, like Mm -hmm. we did last year. But um, what we know is that this is true. This is chapter nine, verse 15. And now, oh, all ye that have imagined up unto yourselves a God who can do no miracles, I would ask of you, have all these things passed of which I have spoken? Has the end come yet? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, and God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. And I think that in line with what you were saying is that these, a lot of the miracles that we see today are these unseen miracles that actually change people and they change hearts. And it's an inner work that people experience that often they can't, that is kind of that indescribable Um, power of Christ changing people. And speaking of small miracles was what led us to this talk that Zach's, we were able to be in a meeting on Thursday and 
a random quote that someone mentioned led us to the talk that Zach's talking about, and then another one from President Packer from 1977 that felt like a little miracle for us. And this was talking about um, just that part of us that needs healing. It says, President Packer says, there is another part of us not so tangible, but quite as real as our physical body. This intangible part of us is described as mind, emotion, intellect, temperament, and many other things. Very seldom is it described as spiritual. But there is a spirit in man. To ignore it is to ignore reality. There are spiritual disorders too, and spiritual diseases that can cause intense suffering. And and I guess just the reminder with that quote for me was that the spirit is just as important as the physical healing that we might experience and that hopefully you're experiencing and not to discount the miracle that hopefully you're seeing in yourself or just to know that it's possible that your spirit can be healed through the power of Jesus Christ is a really empowering and motivating thought. So this miracle is the miracle of inner peace. You mentioned the miracle of scriptures, the miracle of of peace of interchange and then we can't talk about mormon chapter 9 without reading this verse mormon chapter 9 verse 7 and again i speak unto you who deny the revelations of god and say that they are done away that there are no revelations nor prophecies nor gifts nor healing nor speaking with tongues and the interpretations of tongues and as i i was actually listening to this part and i just couldn't help but think, yeah, those, those things are all, all real, yet easily said that, no, they're not real. Or we hear that around us all the time. But the one that stuck out to me was, of course, Revelations. And thinking about the miracle it is that we can receive personal revelation, that we can talk with God, that he can talk to us, and really believing that, And the focus that we have from our prophet right now on that revelation and really striving to hear God and hear his voice in our life, I think, is a miracle. It can be, the world is so confusing right now, when you really think about how many people are in the world, and it can can seem almost too big, or maybe you seem too insignificant. But that's where I think the miracle is that God really does care for each of us individually, no matter our circumstances, that he is there. Well, verse 27 in chapter 9, O then despise not and wonder not, but hearken unto the words of the Lord, and ask the Father in the name of Jesus for what things soever you you shall stand in need. Doubt not, but be believing, And begin, as in times of old, to come unto the Lord with all your heart and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling before him. In other words, one of the greatest miracles, maybe the greatest miracle that we're having today, mentioned again by President Nelson, is that God is speaking and we can hear him if we'll but come and listen. And what a miracle to have God's voice both publicly over the pulpit in general conference in scripture and things like that but also privately coming to us individually answering personal questions and and uh, solving personal problems well i feel like my whole study today has been swirling around this 
topic, I guess, of miracles. Um, I mean, you probably had that experience where you know that God really wants you to know something because it shows up in the scriptures or it shows up in something someone says or it shows up in your prayers or it shows up in all of those places. Well, for me, that's what this study has been today. Um, not the least of which is this from President Uchtdorf in this last conference. He talks about this worldwide pandemic, expresses condolences for those that have lost or are mourning the loss of loved ones. But then he says this, There are still a lot of unknowns about this virus, but if there is one thing I do know, it is that this virus did not catch Heavenly Father by surprise. He did not have to muster additional battalions of angels, call emergency meetings, or divert resources from the Worldwide Creation Division to handle an unexpected need. My message today is that even though this pandemic is not what we wanted or expected, God has prepared His children and His church for this time. We will endure this, yes, but we will do more than simply grit our teeth, hold on, and wait for things to return to the old normal. We will move forward and we will be better as a result. In a way, we are seeds, and for seeds to reach their potential, they must be buried before they can sprout. It is my witness that though at times we may feel buried by the trials of life or surrounded by emotional darkness, the love of God and the blessing of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ will bring something unimaginable to spring forth. It sounds almost identical to what Moroni says. I will show you a God of miracles who does great and marvelous things in the last days. Um, if we could be with you, we could all share this same testimony together because I'm sure that you've had the same experience on both sides that we've had. You have felt the pain, the frustration, the sorrow, the darkness, and the confusion that comes from living uh, in 2020 during a pandemic with everything going on. But I would bet that you've had this also the same experience we've had, and that is seeing that even though this looks dark or depressing, um, it's filled with moments and miracles that could only come during a time like this. Uh, Elder Uchtdorf shares in that talk the story of the foundation of the Salt Lake Temple uh, that was originally built out of sandstone. They felt like, or they thought uh, someone was coming to attack the city, so they buried the foundation. And then when they excavated the foundation again, they found out the sandstone had cracked. And it was that whole ordeal, which I if I remember my history, set them back like four years on building the temple because they had to dig up all the sandstone again, go get the granite and bring it down. But had they not had to face that difficulty or trial, the temple would have crumbled on its foundation. They had to go through what they went through so that they could have the miracle happen of the construction and the lasting uh, standing of the Salt Lake Temple. And I think there's a similar thing for us in, in, uh, in what we're going through today. Um, so as you study Mormon, um, it's easy to see the negative. But focus on the miracles that he talks about and then focus on the miracles that you see in your own life. What is it that God is working in your life through everything that's going on? that's making you better, more resilient, a better disciple of Christ, a better member of Israel, 
Uh, What miracles is God giving to you? We hope you have a great week this week as we finish out this Book of Mormon and the Book of Mormon. (laughs) And we will be back next week. Hope you have a great one.